Good morning. Thank you so much for the, the kind words and the, and the prayers, Gary. Um, it's great to be here today. Um, we are in the middle of a series called 52, and you saw the, the opening video there flashing through the different days and seasons, and I think this year it probably should just be rain, 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 rain. <laughs> so um, 52 essential scriptures for the year. Each week we're focusing on a new scripture that is essential to our faith, and all of scripture is essential to our faith, but this is an opportunity to just hone in on and focus, and, and we challenge ourselves and you to uh, memorize those each week, and we're going to take some time to focus on, um, on that today. So today's message, if you take a look at your sermon notes, is, is called Belong to Christ and Become a New Person, and that is inspired by the scripture of the week, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you could open up your Bibles or your digital readers or read along with me here, uh, I'd appreciate that, and I'd like to open us up in prayer as well. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you so much for who you are and uh, just for loving us. And, and um, thank you for this time that we can gather together and, and to worship you, to unplug from our daily lives and, and just come and focus on you for a little time. And we pray that this time honors you and glorifies you. We ask that you... Uh, Remove any distraction uh, from us from hearing your word and plugging in with you, and that includes me as a speaker, and just let your Holy Spirit work here today. And um, we lift all this up in, in the mighty name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I always encourage people, it, it's effective for me to um, use my personal story and how God's worked in my life um, there's a couple advantages to that. One is you don't, you don't need a, a theological degree to be able to defend how God has worked in your life. Uh, another, another thing is that um, it's not really anything that somebody can dispute because it's happened to you. So uh, good luck <laughs> disputing that, I guess. Um, so it should instill some confidence, and, and God's given us all a story uh, he's put us here at this time in history amongst this group of people with the skill set that we have. And, and I think it's good to tune into that so that we can understand how how he's working in our lives and how we can share that with others. So so I'm going to share today Second um, Corinthians 5.17 and how, how that's related to my life. And so you can't dispute that. Just <laughs> Well, you can come ask questions. It's totally fine. <laughs> but um, Gary had mentioned I'm uh, Ryan Wickstrom. I'm the Director of Adult Ministries here at Stapleton Fellowship Church. I'm also a seminary student, as he said. I'm not a, a theologian, so that's why I'm leaning on my story today. I'm, I'm about 16 credits into a 49-credit degree. So by no means am I somebody that is uh, knows every, every nook and cranny of, of Scripture, but I, I'm certainly trying to get there. Um, I'm also uh, a husband, which is, I think, my most cherished title. 
I met Kaylee here about two years ago, and we got married up on this stage uh, just over a year ago. So I'm getting clapped. <laughs> um, I love her very much, and she's been very supportive to me. So um, I've been here on staff at Stapleton Fellowship Church since October of 2014, so I haven't even been on staff a year yet. Prior to being here, I had the privilege of working at Denver Rescue Mission. I was there for two years. I started on staff as, uh, it's called the facility assistant, which is an entry-level position. I got to supervise a shift at the Lawrence Street Shelter, which is the, uh, the homeless shelter down on Park Avenue in Lawrence with the big neon Jesus Saves sign on it. It was pretty exciting and a, and a bit different from, from my, my background, my career background. Uh, quickly after starting there, I was moved into the development department, which is the department that raises funds for uh, that mission. And I was an events uh, manager as well as corporate philanthropy officer, which matches much more with where I spent the majority of my adult life uh, career-wise, which was in corporate America as a sales manager in the hotel business. And so um, that's the majority of my background. I've spent about 13 years there, worked for some pretty cool places, and I really did enjoy what I did and uh, would never, never change that for the world. But God had different plans for me. I came to belong to Christ over 10 years ago, and he's, he's put me in some places I would have never imagined, um, including right here, <laughs> right now. So... Um, so just to kind of get back on track, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, um, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and new life has begun. When I take a look at this uh, piece of scripture, I immediately make a, a, an observation. The most obvious thing that sticks out to me is it breaks down into three distinct points, and they kind of build off of each other. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ is, is one, uh, has become a new person, is two, and the old life is gone, a new life has begun, is three. So we're going to ask and answer uh, those questions today. What does it mean to belong to Christ? To belong to Christ means that we have accepted his sacrifice as payment for our sin. You'll notice on your notes that um, it says not everyone belongs to Christ. And that means that not everyone has accepted the sacrifice that he made for us. I didn't come uh, to belong to Christ until I was in my mid-20s. So the majority, I guess this is the majority of my life at this point still, I didn't, I didn't belong to him. And this gave me some time to reflect on, on that and what that meant. And I came to the realization, this is probably not the first time you heard this, but I think you belong, you belong to something, whether it's to Christ or, or something else. And I introspectively realized that I was uh, somebody that belonged to my personal achievements and, and accomplishments. And that manifested itself really as, into my career. I belonged to my career. That's what my identity was in. That's uh, what my value system was around. It's how I made all my major decisions in my life was around uh, feeding that. And um, don't get me wrong. Don't hear me saying that following your career is or achieving excellence in that is is by any means an evil thing to do. It's it's not at all. 
Um, as a matter of fact, it can be a very powerful tool that God can use in your life. He gives you a unique audience with your career. I know people um, that actually have jobs with uh, government contractors that give them super high clearance levels, that they have an audience of maybe three people that they work with on a daily basis that, you know, I, I certainly don't have access to that. I don't need clearance for my current career. So, um, so, so it's, I'm not trying to say that pursuing excellence in career is wrong because as you grow, like your audience, audience grows. So if you keep in mind that you belong to Christ in that scenario, it can be a really powerful tool for the kingdom. Um, but prior to myself belonging to Christ, I belonged to my career, and that's how I made my decisions. And it doesn't seem all that dangerous up front, but um, that's what received all of my attention. And since it wasn't anything outwardly evil, like I said, it's a good thing to advance in your career and to, and to focus on that. Get a pat on the back, you make more money, you get promoted, all that stuff. So that's what, I, that's what got my focus. I never really thought much about what might happen when I, when I died or, or things of, of God or anything like that uh, because I was under the illusion like, well, I'm going to focus on this now and um, since I'm doing good things, um, God's just going to take care of that once I die and didn't give it a whole heck of a lot of thought. But I come to find out that I was wrong in, in that thinking. Take a look at Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. As scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. And kind of just focus on that last piece and it reiterates itself a few times. And uh, No one does good, not a single one. And that means that, you know, if you've told a lie or you've participated in gossip, or maybe around the water cooler at work, you didn't like what your boss said or was trying to make you do, and get together with your colleagues and slander him or her. And um, from all those little seemingly harmless things all the way up to uh, being a murderer or, or the most extreme stuff, it, it all, it all um, comes together. And as you're going through your life and and you're doing these things and you're kind of racking up a little bit of a resume, and that's that's what you're bringing, that's what you're bringing to God when you're when you're trying to talk about yourself, and that stuff doesn't doesn't go away. You can't go, well, I can't go back in time and undo something I did, whether it's yesterday and or in 1991 when I was in eighth grade and told my teacher that I just lost my homework and I was totally lying because I didn't do it. You can't you can't do that. Um, so we really need help. And the good news is that there is help. Uh, the help is that we accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. Take a look at Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. Second Corinthians five twenty-one. I love this verse too. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So he made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with him. 
So when we accept the sacrifice that he gave us on, on the cross, we inherit his holy and righteous resume. So now when we go before God, he doesn't see our old resume with the lies that we told about our homework in eighth grade to whatever else we did. He sees that resume that, of Jesus Christ, which is holy and righteous. So when he sees us now, he sees Christ. And it's because we belong, we belong to Christ uh, when we accept that. So, um, so that's the good news. Uh, Jesus is the only way that we have hope. And that's what, that's what Scripture tells us. Uh, take a look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Matthew 7, 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. So you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. And the narrow gate here refers to Jesus Christ. And the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. It's a choice. So you can choose to belong to Christ or you can choose that broader path, which isn't good. It's not going anywhere good. Um, it seems like it's an exclusive thing because there is really only one way. Um, but even more new, good news is that everyone has this available to them. Everyone can belong to Christ. Take a look at... Um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through 28. Galatians three twenty six through 28. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And that's just driving home the point that it doesn't, doesn't matter your, your gender or your race or your background or anything like that. It's available to you. You can turn to Christ and belong to him no matter, no matter where you come from or what, what your circumstances are. This is available to us because we have a heavenly father who really truly loves us. John 3.16 is a classic verse, but it does sum this up very well. John 3.16 says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. If he's our heavenly Father, that means we're his children. And that's one thing we really don't have a choice about. We're his children. Whether we belong to Christ, whether we've made that decision or not, um, that's just the fact. He created us and and the fact is he does love us and made this, made this gift available to us. And I think about um, just my life and, and the parents that God blessed me with, and they were loving. They, they essentially you know, laid down their life, their income, and, and sacrificed um, their time. I'm sure they would have rather been doing things with their time than taking care of me and probably my sisters. But, uh, but they really they loved us bought us stuff, made sure that we were safe, warm, and fed. And, and that was whether I was being a little sweetheart to them or whether I was being a big old brat to them. Uh, they still were my parents and they loved me and took care of me. So um, I could only imagine how heartbroken they would be if when I came to an age to kind of decide for myself that they just weren't my parents. I wasn't going to recognize them as my 
parents anymore. It wouldn't change the fact that they were, but they couldn't really do anything for me if I just turned away from them and it wouldn't recognize them for who they actually were. So that always gives me a, a bit of an encouragement when I'm thinking about God and maybe maybe fell into some sin that I'm struggling with or something like that, that I can always go back to him because he loves us. He, he loves us even more than our loving uh, earthly parents do. And so um, he's not going to turn away from us just like our earthly parents wouldn't do that. So anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. So what does it mean to become a new person? When we decide that we belong to Christ, our lives are no longer worldly. They are now spiritual. Our sin has been nailed to the cross with Christ. Our sin was buried with Christ. Just as Jesus was raised up by the Father, so we are raised up to walk in newness of life. We are raised up to walk in newness of life. Take a look at uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Romans 6, 4. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. When I first made uh, the decision that I belonged to Christ, I experienced uh, this overwhelming peace. And I couldn't recognize it at the time, but now I can kind of, as I chew on how God's worked in my life, I can, I can understand a bit more why I did feel that peace. You know, before I made that decision, I belonged to my career, and I was in sales, which is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of career path. And so I did fairly well with it. I could, I could do extremely well one month and be riding high, and then the next month maybe, maybe not get one or two contracts signed and closed in time, and my job was on the line. I've lived through that for 13 years, and it was, it was nice after I belonged to Christ. The first five years or so of that was a little brutal because I had my identity in my job, and I didn't, I didn't know what I would do or think of myself or anything like that if, if I had lost my job, which really was not guaranteed to me on a day-to-day basis. But then I came to belong to Christ, who's an eternal and, and loving God, who laid his life down for us. And um, as a result, uh, having my identity in that now, I had a lot of peace. So, um, so that, was, that was pretty great. But then what happens after, after you make that decision, you experience this peace? It doesn't go away. But um, the stuff that you kind of brought into this doesn't, doesn't really go away either. It says the old life is gone and new life has begun. Um, which I take that to believe is like you're just kind of starting, you're beginning a process, and uh, you're entering into a process of becoming righteous and holy. You kind of carry your stuff from your past life into your new life with Christ. And so um, take a look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So that's a promise that you do enter into this new nature. But the process um, can be 
I think it's, it, it helps if you're aware of it, I think. And so um, there's a little illustration at the bottom of your, your notes. I think I've got one that we can put up here. But it looks like a – here, there it is. So at the point of it here on the left-hand side is where, you, where this all starts. This is where the new, new life has begun. It's belonging to Christ. So you make your decision that that's who you belong to now. And now on the top end, you're building your relationship with Christ. You're moving kind of onward and upward with him. And simultaneously, as you're building relationship with a righteous and holy God, <clears throat> the awareness of your sin and the depth of that grows at the same time. Um, so that, that it happens at the same time. And um, during that time, as you grow in your relationship, the significance of what he did for us on the cross is going to grow. Um, your appreciation for Christ and, and the sacrifice that he made is going to grow through that. Now, I didn't make this diagram. I'm just going to disclaimer this. I, I'm going to seminary, and I stole this from my class last semester. So Dr. Dave Moreland at Fellowship Denver gets credit for this uh, in case he ever watches. <laughs> um, so 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. I think that just kind of wraps it up perfectly.